0: At the time of recording this podcast, the Dow Jones is down about 300 points and it doesn't make any sense because there were some decent earnings calls yesterday and then there were some earnings calls that weren't that impressive at the end of the day. So it's kind of a mixed review right now currently. But Wall Street is also getting ready for Thursday, okay, which is tomorrow, at least as of the time of recording this podcast. The debt ceiling is being talked about and they are believing that in washington and that the debt ceiling isn't increased that it's going to be a bloody day on wall street so you can potentially see wall street freaking out tomorrow a little bit when it has to deal with how they think the market's going to be going going forward it's hard to tell how things will go but at the end of the day wall street will continue to do its thing and we'll continue to report as much news as possible and there's plenty of news to talk about today okay First off, we have some more exciting news from Nightscope as Nightscope has seven contracts renewed from clients. And what does that mean for the robotics company going forward? Then we have some news from Microsoft. Microsoft is laying off people. And at the same time, Amazon is also reporting that they're going to be laying off people. And what does that mean for these two tech giants in the making? Then we got some news from Party City. Party City is filing for bankruptcy, Chapter 11 bankruptcy in particular. And what does that mean for the party store going forward? And finally, we got to talk about Goldman Sachs. The CEO, David Solomon, admits that Goldman Sachs took on too much, too quickly in the consumer business. And what does that mean for Goldman Sachs going forward? And what does that mean for the banks as well, potentially? With that being said, I have to remind you all that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about in this podcast is for information entertainment purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing, as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Please also note, too, that I legally cannot give you any financial advice, and you must go talk to your own professional advisor before making any financial decisions as your financial advisor I know your situ- situation a lot better than I would. Please also note too that everything I talk about in this podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. I do have to admit right now too that I do have shares in Nightscope. It is a long-term position and it is a small position. And with that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Seven clients renew annual contracts with Nightscope. Okay. From Mountain View, California, Business Wire. Okay, Nightscope Inc., a leading developer in autonomous security robots and emergency systems, is proud to announce that seven key clients have renewed their contracts for another year. The renewal agreement includes clients from a variety of industries, including a hospital, hotel, bank, and commercial property developer, mass media company, and two residential communities. Nightscope's innovative products and services have enabled these clients to reduce crime rates and improve security operations at the respective facilities. <clears throat> at the same renewals are a testament to the trust and place in the company to continue delivering on their mission to protect the places people live, work, study, and visit. Continuing on with the article, it says, quote, ongoing renewals from our client's base, some going into their fourth, fifth, and sixth years, validate the premise of our machine as a service business model, recurring revenue for recurring societal problems Williams William Satana Lee, the chairman and CEO of Scope. Quote, we are grateful to our clients for working with us to take this cutting-edge technology from movie screen science fiction to mainstream fact. Nightscope is a leading provider of autonomous security robots and the recently acquired Blue Light Emergency Communication Systems. Its technologies combine robot software and services to to offer innovative way to augment real-time crime prevention and improve public safety measures. The robots patrol client premises and detect anomalies. While communication systems allow visitors to contact local law enforcement or security personnel in case of emergencies. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, Nightscope continues to grow. And of course, at the time of this article, last I checked, Nightscope was pretty down, at least at the time of recording this podcast. Nightscope is doing everything they can to grow, and Wall Street just continues to ignore, them, which is fine. Okay. We are still waiting for Nightscope to announce soon. And this is on the federal government side of things. And I wouldn't be surprised if the federal government decides to announce this after the the budget deficit increases, if it does increase this Thursday. But we're still waiting for the federal government to announce that Nightscope can sell to the federal government. That would be huge news for Nightscope coming forward. But at the same time, it is still a waiting game. And Nightscope continues to make moves and Wall Street continues to ignore the company, which is fine. That's their choice at the end of the day. But Nightscope is going to face a crossroads eventually, the crossroads of can Wall Street continue to ignore it or can Wall Street can. It's either they can or they can't at this point anymore. That's the crossroads that's eventually going to happen. Nightscope continues to grow. I mean, they keep announcing new contracts every so often. There's at least some, at least every week, it seems like (laughs) in the making, there's some type of news that there is a, co- a client that's signing a new contract or there's news like this that says old clients are resigning. it's only a matter of time and if that happens and obviously like i say at the end of the day this is not financial advice but it will eventually come to a point where nightscope can no longer be ignored because they are somewhat growing now What's gonna be interesting is next month in February, they'll actually get to announce their earnings. I don't know what date that is exactly, but when they do finally announce earnings, that will be a big deal because it means we get a better understanding of how Nightscope will be. Then what's gonna be extremely interesting is in next quarter, for this quarter's earnings, Nightscope will be able to announce the true effect of having case emergency systems in their, their reports. Okay, remember, Nightscope bought out case emergency systems about halfway through the third quarter, I think it was, of last year. And then halfway through the fourth quarter, they closed the deal. And this quarter, starting on January 1st, is when Nightscope is officially having case blue light emergency systems in their reports in the making. So come second quarter of this year, we'll finally get to see the effect. It's looking somewhat positive. You'd have to look at the financial statements from the recent filings on the combined company. But in time, we'll actually get to figure out what the heck is going on. So speaking of companies and having somewhat of troubles, though, Microsoft is laying off 10,000 employees <coughs> from CNBC. Microsoft said Wednesday that it's letting go of 10,000 employees through March 31st as the software maker braces for slower revenue growth. The company is also taking a $1.2 billion charge in its fiscal second quarter, which will result in a negative impact of $0.12 to adjusted earnings per share. Alphabet, Amazon, and Salesforce are among the technology companies that have lowered headcount in recent weeks. The contraction comes after demand for cloud computing and collaboration services picked up at the enterprises, government agencies, and schools encourage remote work to reduce COVID exposures. Rising prices have have prompted companies to become more careful about technology spending, hurting prospects for the tech stocks that outperform other market sectors year after year. Now, Microsoft and its peers are taking stock In July, Microsoft said it will trim less than 1% of employees. In October, it confirmed that additional round of job cuts that reportedly affected fewer than 1,000 workers. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm confident that Microsoft will emerge from its storage and more competitive CEO. The CEO told employees in a memo and was was posted on a Microsoft website, the move will reduce Microsoft's headcount by less than 5%. And the employees will find out this week if they're losing their jobs and that he wrote. Microsoft shares moved modestly higher at the U.S. Open after the announcement. The workforce adjustments will hit all teams and geographies and will impact coming to sales and marketing than engineering, a company spokesperson told CNBC in an interview. Employees in the U.S. are eligible for benefits, will receive severance and above the market in six months of healthcare and stock besting, along with 60-day notice before the work ends, Nadell wrote. Nadell reiterated, trends in the business climate that he was described in recent months, Qu- quote, as we saw customers accelerate their digital spending during the pandemic, we are now seeing them optimize their digital spend to do more with less. He wrote, quote, we're also seeing organizations in every industry and in geographic exercise cautions as some parts of the world are in recessions and other parts are, t- are anticipating one earlier this month. Nadell the Dell had indicated the company might have to make some adjustments. Quote, I think for us, the global company Correction. Quote, I think for us as a global company, we're not going to be immune from what's happening in the macro, he said in an interview with CNBC TV 18. Continuing on the quote, he says, we will have to also get our own sort of operational focus on making sure our expenses are in line with our revenue growth. Microsoft has called a 2% revenue growth in the fiscal second year. Okay, it says here that this is actually kind of a big news for them because this is kind of important to be able to talk about this article. It says, major layoffs are an annual exercise for the 47-year-old Microsoft, but they do happen occasionally. In 2017, Microsoft laid off thousands of employees in a broad reorganization of its sales unit. In 2014, following the acquisition of Nokia devices and service businesses, Microsoft cut 18,000 people. Okay, you know, one of the reasons Microsoft is being affected, besides the fact that they are seeing less people spend online, it's probably because people are not advertising as much on Bing or LinkedIn or whatever services that they have online. You know, remember Facebook was affected by this last quarter. The only social media type company that wasn't affected by ad revenues was Pinterest. Okay. But all the others were okay. And they're most likely laying off. Like it says, salespeople and marketing engineers are usually the last to be let go. And that'll give us an idea of what's happening, but it's happening. More layoffs are happening this year. 18,000 people, no, 10,000 people from Microsoft, okay? And not only is it happening at Microsoft currently right now, it's also happening at Amazon. It says here Amazon to to set begin new round of layoffs affecting more than 18,000 people. 18,000 people at Amazon now, okay? <coughs> this is getting insane that the how big these job cuts are, okay? says here, Amazon on Wednesday will begin a fresh round of job cuts in what's expected to become the largest workforce cuts in the 28-year history. Earlier this month, CEO Andy Jassy said the layoffs would affect more than 18,000 employees, primarily in its human resources and store divisions. Amazon said in November it was looking to cut staff, including its devices and recruiting organizations. CNBC reported at the time that the company was looking to lay off about 10,000 employees. Now it's saying it's 18,000. Amazon is trimming its headcount after it went on a hiring spree during the COVID pandemic. The company's global workforce swelled more than 1.6 million by the end of 2021, up from 700, 788,000 in the fourth quarter of 2019. The company is also confronting slowing sales growth, rising expenses, and worsening economic outlook. In addition to the layoffs, Amazon has implemented a hiring freeze across its corporate workforce, slowed its warehouse expansion, and shuttered some experimental projects, including its telehealth services and quirky video calling pro- projector for kids. Amazon isn't the only tech company making its cuts to its workforce. And, the, and we've talked about these in past podcasts. Companies include Salesforce, Meta, and Twitter have made sweeping reductions to their headcounts amid a deepening economic downtrend. Okay. I do expect more layoffs to happen. I don't expect engineers to be losing their jobs anytime soon. If you see engineers losing their jobs, that's that's an issue in the making. But if you're in anything that's outside of engineering these companies, seems like your job's on the line right now, in all honestly, Okay. Think about this. Okay. What's affecting Amazon? Well, it's probably it's cloud business at the end of the day because Microsoft's—it's the same thing. It's their cloud business at the end of the day. And obviously for Microsoft too, they didn't sell a lot of ad revenues as well for their LinkedIn and their being advertisements at the end of the day. You know, these tech companies are probably gonna be still hammered, okay? They report earnings soon too. And this is gonna get interesting. Amazon is gonna report its earnings from its holiday shopping season, and Microsoft's going to have to report soon as well. Probably another business sector sector that's being affected by Microsoft Well is probably small businesses because there's probably not as many small businesses that are starting up right now. Just the food for thought at the time at the recording of this podcast, but maybe it's also because people aren't buying their, their Microsoft services like Microsoft Teams, the email services, you name the Microsoft product, right? Maybe that's what's happening as well, but at the end of the day, these tech companies are going to start having more and more layoffs. Now, what I find interesting is that they're not talking about it as much on Wall Street. They're not, and they don't seem to talk about layoffs when they're happening. We'll talk about it as much as we can just to give us an idea of what's really happening out there. But I do know this: there are reports constantly coming out of Washington that things are fine. I don't hundred percent agree. And this is not not to be political at the end of the day on this podcast, but it, just not, just, it is just an observation. CNBC so keeps reporting that these layoffs are happening. We've been reporting a lot in this podcast about layoffs. Go listen to some past podcasts if you want to hear about all the layoffs that are happening since we started this podcast back in April of last year. But there are layoffs happening, and we don't know how this is all going to end when it's all said and done. Okay. Not only is that happening. Now, there's also bankruptcies that are happening, too. If this economy is really doing as well as they keep telling us in Washington, then why is this happening, too? Okay, it says here, Party City files for bankruptcy with plans to restructure mounting debt. Okay, Now, remember, we've talked about in the past that Bed Bath & Beyond might be next on the list. I didn't even think about Party City because I hadn't read anything about it. And now today they're announcing this, okay? It says from CNBC, retailer Party City has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, toppled by heavy debt load as inflation hits consumers' wallets and debt sales. And there we go. Just that first paragraph alone, in this article, the consumer is feeling it from the sales because inflation's too high. You know, I'm going to say this right now. Okay, in passing, with talking to family this last weekend, okay, my cousin was in town. And they were they were talking about how one of their kids was having their party coming up. I remember hearing this. I, I was kind of busy with doing something at the time. But I remember hearing this distinctly, okay? I was told that it's getting too expensive to do anything that isn't like a home-based type party, okay? Think about that for a second. People... And that's just one tiny example. But I just heard that and I was like, huh, interesting note. I'll keep that in mind, okay? People are probably feeling the inflation hit right now, okay? And if they are, that means parties are not going to be held in big establishments. You would think Party City would be not as affected by this, but it seems like it. Just food for thought right now, okay? Just just think about that as we continue reading this article, okay? Because like I said, this is just one sample size. I mean, if I had like a bigger sample size, it would be more noticeable right but like i said it's just funny how that event happened and then party cities announcing this a couple days later so continuing on it says the company said wednesday it struck an agreement to reduce its debt and has already received support from a group holding more than 70 percent of its first line debt to move forward with its bankruptcy plans according to the court papers and a filing with the u.s securities and exchange commissions Party City has secured a $150 million bankruptcy loan and will seek approval on Wednesday from the U.S. Bankruptcy Court in the South District of Texas to use half of its funds to immediately pay wages and vendors, among other expenses. The bankruptcy petition filed late Tuesday comes as consumers fall under pressure and the retailer's debt continues to weigh on the business. As of September 30th, the company said it had $1.7 billion in debt. With available liquidity of $122 million made up of $30 million in cash and $92 million of revolver availability. <coughs> Excuse me. Party City CEO Brandon Weston noted that during the company's last earnings call in November, that a more challenging economic environment has keeping was keeping shoppers from spending as fr- <coughs> sorry, as freely on celebrations. Comparable store sales for Party City's most recent reported quarter ended September 30th dropped by 3.2% year over year, but were up 11.2% versus 2019. To manage through the tougher period, Weston told investors that Party City would cut costs by thirty million. He said that that would include reducing its corporate workforce by nineteen percent. And there's another example of the workforce being cut by just by Party city nineteen percent. ok? It says here in court papers, Of of the counseling firm AX Partners, the company's chief restructuring officer noted that continued and historical inflationary pressures and declining stock price led to the company and its team to advisors to move forward with the restructuring under bankruptcy so they can fix their balance sheets and avoid liquidation. Party City's business has been growing and reached approximately $2.35 billion in revenue by 2019. However, the pandemic weighed heavily on the company as nationwide lockdowns meant stores were closed and demand for party items temporarily dried up. Supply chain woes, as well as helium shortages, also hurt the company. You know, I swear every year we hear about there's a helium shortage, and I'm just wondering if there really is. At the end of the day, just food for thought, okay? Continuing on, it says, but facing headwinds, Party City last year said that it was in the midst of a liquidity squeeze when it hired advisors to explore its options, particularly securing new financing to operate the business. When the company was unable to do so in late 2022, it pivoted towards pre- preparing a bankruptcy filing and securing support from its lenders. Jonathan Reed a credit analysis for Fitch Ratings said Party City filed for bankruptcy as it saw two challenges ahead, rising interest rates and the threat of slower retail sales. Yet unlike other retailers that have filed for bankruptcy, he noted his business remains stable and anticipates Party City will emerge from bankruptcy as a stronger company with a smaller store footprint. Party City approximately operates 823 stores, of which it owns 770, according to court papers. As part of the bankruptcy party, seek to seek approval to walk away from 28 store leases. It is also considering other store closures. The company has 16,330 full time and part time employees, as well as 240 temporary workers. Okay, so this gives us an idea. So let's just say, for instance, if it's just like 10%, right, you're looking at a workforce reduction by 1,633 and we'll double it for 22%. So we're looking at 6,612 yeah, about 3,000 plus workers if my math is correct right now on the on, on the fly right now close to 3,000 workers potentially being laid off. Wow that's that's a lot of workers in the making that they are going to reduce their workforce by 19 percent you know It says here they're competing against Walmart and Target and Amazon and the dollar stores and general and grocery stores said Joe Feldman analysis at Tesley Advisory group who' covered party city since IP, its IPO in 2015. He dropped coverage on Party City on December 30 as bankruptcy loomed, okay? The COVID air supply chain issues has weighed freight costs, exaggerated the party store issues, but businesses have already started slipping in 2019. You know, I expect more bankruptcies to be filing up soon if the consumer is not spending as much, okay? If that's the case, I mean, look at it this way too. Remember, IPOs aren't on the rise as well either. (coughs) 2022 had the smallest years of IPOs in the making, It seems like the days of you carrying too much debt is finally here and it's causing a backlash for these companies that have to restructure their debt, okay? Because debt was cheap for the longest time. And then they raise interest rates and this is now the end result of it, okay? And of course, some of these companies went on a hiring spree too much, right? You know, and this ties into our final segment of today. David Solomon admits Goldman took on too much too quickly in its consumer's business. Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon told CNBC on Wednesday that its firm su- suffered an upsetting quarter partly due to overly ambitious consumer efforts. Quote, we obviously have been disappointing quarter and we tried to own that, you know, upfront," front, Solomon said Wednesday on CNBC Squawk Box at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Hmm. The World Economic Forum is in Davos, Switzerland, and this guy's there too. What's going on? That's a food for thought for later. Continuing on, says the New York-based investment bank on Tuesday posted its largest earnings miss in a decade. As revenue fell and expenses and loan loss provisions came in higher than expected, Goldman said quarterly profit plunged 66% from a year earlier to $1.33 billion, or $3.32 per share, according uh, about 39% below the consensus estimate, and that made the largest EPS miss since October of 2011, according to Refinitiv data. Quote, in the consumer platform, we did some right things. We didn't execute on some other, Solomon said. We probably took on more than we should have, you know, too much, too quickly. Building and expanding its customer banking business has turned out to be more challenging than expected. Goldman last year pivoted away from its previous strategy of building a full-scale digital bank called Marcus. Meanwhile, winning the Apple Card account in 2019 has proven less profitable than Goldman executives expected. Whoa, I did not see that one coming. Be honest, when I remember when that Apple card was announced, I remember thinking, like, wow, that's actually a really good move for Goldman Sachs and Apple. And they're saying it's not a good move. Interesting. Continuing on, it says, I think now, I think we now have a very good deposit business, Solomon said. We're working on our cards platform, and I think the partnership with Apple is going to pay meaningful dividends for the firm, even though they're saying it's less profitable right now. Interesting quote. Continuing on, it says, apart from the consumer platform, Solomon and Goldman's performance in asset management. And lending was solid r- relative to its peers. Quote our relative asset growth and our performance of core business is actually quite good. When you stand it up against peers, Solomon said, So we're raising a lot of money, serving clients, growing, and there's a lot of opportunity for us to assess management business. Okay. This one I have to say to the lovely CEO of Goldman Sachs. If your company's doing as well as you think you are, why are you having to lay off people? Okay. Why is it that Morgan Stanley is actually doing a lot better than you are right now? They're almost, they're not in a hundred percent of the same business, but Morgan Stanley does compete with you when it comes to IPOs, if I'm not mistaken, at least if I remember reading that correctly the other day, when we talked about Morgan Stanley, okay. It says here, the bank posted 11%, return on average, tenable common shareholder equity for 2022. The key profitability metric is well below the 15 to 17% returns of Goldman's medium term targets. You know, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. The CEO, at the end of the day, just my opinion. Okay, I mean, he he sees what's happening at Goldman Sachs, but I also think too. I think Goldman Sachs is pretty screwed for the next few months, and then, and this is why. Okay, if IPOs do not return, that's like the bread and butter of Goldman Sachs's IPOs, and there hasn't been a lot of news this year of upcoming IPOs. Okay. Think about this. In the past, there was huge news about Beyond Meat that when it was going public and I think, was it WeWork? I can't remember. There's been a few IPOs I remember just listening to Wall Street and they're like, oh, this company is going public and it's gonna be so great. And I mean, Goldman Sachs probably makes a lot of their money on those IPOs. And it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of IPOs in the making. And if that's the case, then Goldman Sachs is probably going to have a rough year in the making. Just my opinion. Okay. I mean, they already had to lay off people. We've talked about this in past podcasts and they're owning up to the quarter, which is fine. They can own up to the quarter, but I just don't see Goldman Sachs doing well this year. I think a lot of banks, I mean, all honestly, some banks will do well, but like banks that have to do with IPOs, they're not going to do well this year because there's no excitement in Wall Street of upcoming IPOs. And if that's the case, then that means the economy is probably not doing as well as people think. Just my opinion at the end of the day. And if that's the case, then you can expect Goldman Sachs, not, like I said, not to have a good year. And maybe next year in 2024, they'll have a good year. We'll find out in time because like I said, Wall Street's not talking about IPOs right now. And if that's the case... The market could be in for a bumpy ride this year. And it's only January. It's only January right now as we talk about this right now. We'll keep an eye out for more just to know what's happening. But, you know, the news today, besides the fact that Nightscope is having uh, some positive news, it's looking pretty dark right now. But then again, remember, fear does sell more. So maybe that's what they just want us to focus on for today. Or maybe that's just the big news that's happening for today. So I don't know. Keep an eye out for goldman sachs guys because goldman sachs will give us an idea of what's really happening in the economy going forward so I'll leave it there. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription helps grow this channel so we will be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street or that Wall Street isn't willing to talk about because they don't have always have the time to talk about. Please also continue sharing this podcast with friends or family as it has helped grow this channel so we'll be able to keep talking about these events to my fellow podcast listeners who have been loyal fans. Thank you so much for continued support and continuing to share this podcast. You have helped grow our podcast to be able to reach out to as many people as possible. With well, that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.